Hello and welcome to Surviving Ransomware in 2022. Today we're joined by Scrutiny's Director of Product Management and Operations, John Winchester, and Simulate's Director and Cyber Evangelist, Dave Klein. We'll be discussing the results from the very insightful 2021 ransomware survey and sharing the secret to ransomware resiliency. Excellent. John, great to be here. Likewise. Thanks, Dave. So we did a ransomware survey this year and had a great number of responses, about 881 respondents globally. And what made it really fascinating was every size corporation and enterprise was, was representative every kind of uh, industry vertical, uh, global representation. And probably the biggest thing was the number of different roles. There's a great variety of roles. So we, not only do we have the normal security folks, but a lot of people from GRC and other compliance backgrounds. We had pen testers. We even had legal and business responders. So non-IT staff respond to the survey. It was really fascinating. Beyond that, I think one of the more fascinating things about it was people were very honest. And 28% of the respondents had been hit by ransomware attacks. And they were very forthcoming on the damage and duration of these attacks. Uh, so we got a really good view into those who have been hit, those who haven't been hit. And then what happened? Uh, and that was really fascinating. And I would say that the first thing that come across what I thought was interesting was, regardless of whether you were hit or not, that we found that confidence level was still low for the next attack. Saying, hey, the next time or the first time you're hit, how confident do you feel? And, and, and for non-victims, that was 54% confidence level. And for victims, only 53%. So that's rather low. Uh, it was very, very uh, interesting to see that. Which um, which industries or which dem demographics uh, did you did you find had the highest um, what should we say level level of um, awareness and um, and perhaps uh, also what what their um, level of anxiety was uh, regarding future attacks? So what was interesting was the anxiety level was across the board, uh, and it was re really pretty much that that fifty four fifty three percent level. What was really interesting was getting into the actual damage and duration and frequency. So, so damage, how bad was it? Duration, how long did it take to recover? And then frequency, we did see a lot of outliers on frequency, who was hit more than others. But here's a surprise. The first part of this, 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 this survey that was really fascinating was a large majority said damage uh, was negligible that they were able to uh, stop the attack before it became really dangerous. Only 19% uh, had a considerable or total business down situation. So that's actually really kind of positive, right? Only 19% had a considerable or total business down. In duration, only 14% had uh, a duration that was longer than a week. So that is kind of cool. Right. When you think about the anxiety level and everyone says, I'm not confident for the next attack. But then you see that damage and duration is kind of low. That's a reason for optimism. And we'll get into some of the reasons why that's that's the case in a few moments. Now, there were outliers and and by frequency, 
by industry, we did see some major differences. So for example, utility companies, 50% of the respondents had been in a ransomware attack. Legal, 45%, right? The average overall, by the way, was getting 28%. So for utilities at 50%, legal, 45%, that's pretty high. Uh, Food, retail, hospitality, 44%. And then manufacturing and transportation services, 40%. So those were the outliers as far as frequency, meaning they're hit more. Uh, And that's kind of important to understand. Now, on that damage and duration, we talk about the positiveness of how low uh, in damage and and duration, there is an outlier there too. The legal industry in most situations were down for over a week and had had a complete business down situation. And, and that, I think, we can look to how legal works. And, and John, today, regardless of where you are in the world, most legal companies now have digital documentation, right? All their stuff is, is, is digital, right? They've gone to that kind of mentality. And therefore, when your cases rely on having that data, when, the, when it's gone, to restore it, it, it takes a lot of work. So we figured that that for legal, who was really the, the major outlier in this survey, uh, that's the reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. So overall, though, enterprises are doing surprisingly well surviving ransomware attacks, right? And I think here, what we, we have is a good reason for optimism. And the next part of the survey really gets into why and the how uh, this is the case. So, so what were the types of questions you were asking, Dave? So the, the key here was we started with where is your level of awareness? And this answers the why. And the level of awareness was we asked about what level was ransomware awareness at? And what we found, if you look at, John, if you look at 2020 and 2021, ransomware is top of mind of everyone, right? And the key here, this is the case of why I think we saw some positive results. 70% of the respondents uh, said that the level of concern was at the business and or boardroom level. So for me, what this says and what the respondents have said is it's at the business and boardroom level. So for it goes beyond IT. So it means that it has the business's interest. And because of that, we now get to the how, right? So the why is you're now at the business and boardroom level concern. And the how, they answered what made it better, right? And and for number one, beyond victims and non-victims, 64% had more money allocated because of ransomware to IT security. Uh, 58% had more staff. So the key is you sold more money and more staffing because that concern was at the business and boardroom level. Uh, And I think that is a real reason why uh, uh, things have gotten better. On top of that, most most companies have incident response plans. Over 43% had changed their incident response plans to include uh, ransomware. And over 17% have actually practiced those incident response plans, doing incident response drills because of of ransomware. So you see you have more money, more staff, people are changing and practicing their incident response plans. And that is kind of key. And on top of that, there's two other things. 
we then got into, because of ransomware, what additional security controls and solutions have you adopted? And we were expecting, this was kind of a surprise, John. We, we were expecting to see, oh, improved backups, right? We, we were expecting to hear that. Well, we're at an era where that is, that's a given, right? And in fact, the number, the two number, the two things that were top things that were were important and and adopted were EDR solutions mm-hmm. and multi-factor authentication. And if you look at the type of attacks that occur today, this is essential, right? EDR is essential because uh, today attackers take any kind of signature-based antivirus and test it against their attacks before they attack, right? So you need the behavior heuristics approach uh, that EDR provides you. Multi-factor authentication, we know that attackers take advantage of people running with with two uh, liberal privileges, right? And who can install things. And and multi-factor authentication is the way to prevent taking advantage of that, right? Or weak passwords, right? Multi-factor authentication prevents that as well. So again, you had, you know, boardroom level, uh, awareness, you had more money, more staff, you have IR plans, you have EDR, multi-factor authentication. And finally, and this is kind of also very critical, is 84% have incorporated additional offensive practices. So let's talk about what that we mean by that. If you think about it in the past, John, I know you and I are veterans of this. Our customers, generally after an attack, are very cyber secure. Uh, interested, right? And then over time, their ego comes into play and it slowly disappears. It dissipates. The important thing in, in, in environments, just like when we get to a car, those cars have been crash tested, right? Uh, just like uh, the food that we buy is continuously tested. You need to continually test your environment against offensive practices. And what we found was that 84% have adopted pen testing, breach attack simulation, advanced offensive practices, red team, purple teaming, these kind of things to practice against ransomware and other types of attacks to make sure their security controls were optimized, their people are ready for, for, the, for the attacks, the incident response plans are correct. And so that was really probably the, the final takeaway from the, the, the survey. Mm-hmm. And it was really, there's really good reason for, for optimism. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going back to the legal um, uh, demographic, um, sure. Was there an underlying um, deficiency there that you you were able to pick up on that that led to that elongated sort of recovery period? Um, that 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 you know was it lacking EDR? Was it lacking MFA? Was it you know was there something like that obvious that that you could say that that's the thing that was you know that that led to their either their downfall or to their ultimately you know prolonged recovery? I, uh, I argue that 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 uh, yeah that, that, that law firms generally have traditionally not been very uh, IT forward, mm-hmm. and I'd argue that this latest wave of ransomware, and since it hits them where it matters most, right? Their online documentation for all their cases, all all the stuff. The digita- digit- I'm sorry, Ugh, that's a that's a tongue twister. Yeah, the digitization. <laughs> <laughs> the digitization, I still think I said it wrong. The digitization of, of, of all the legal documents, uh, it, it's become a huge concern because, again, it takes them so long to recover from something like that. Even if they have great backups, it takes so long to recover. Yeah. And, and, and it's a business down situation. So I, I would argue that uh, they are becoming very tech savvy now. 
uh, on purpose, right? And I think that that, that we will see more EDR solutions, more multi-factor authentication, offensive practices, and even some incident response plans, right? And if I was in legal, I think beyond just the normal cybersecurity hygiene, there really has to be an incident response plan for what do we do? Yeah. If we lose our digital backups yep. or, or, or we need to go to digital backups, it's going to take a week to recover. How do we have business continuity? Yeah. Can we? Do we, do we do we do a situation where we say, OK, for the next week, we notify our clients, you know, and we have that, that message ready to go in case it happens. And, and we have a whole procedure of calling our, our best customers and things like that. There's going to be a need for them to be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a broad call to action for a lot of businesses to, um, you know, to augment, you know, historically, um, and perhaps legal is a, a case in point. Have you got AV? Yes, but no EDR, and you know, it's it's things like that. And the user, I think, the user and the endpoint are the battlefields. Um, that's where we see the attacks mainly landing, um, and and of course, you know. Um, those those things lead to the ransomware war, um, but yeah. um, you know I, th- I think I think it, it's it is it's it's invariably you're only as strong as your weakest link and users and desktops. Um, there's usually you know plenty of uh, uh, attack surface on those those things, and uh, of course if they're not protected right. by something like EDR, then um, you know uh, it's it's a risk. And I think also yeah. you know people like you know I mentioned you're only as strong as your weakest link. If you don't train your people not to click fishy not to click fishy links in emails, they're going to keep clicking them. And um, we right. had that <laughs> we had that conversation earlier. Right. Um, you know it's it's uh, it's it's just um, you know it's just, it's just the way people are. And and if you don't train them and invest time in them, they won't know. Um, and you can't you can't then defend that position to say, well, hey, you've had regular training. Um, so right. very, very important for organizations to have that that piece um, thoroughly wrapped up. Um, and I think I think the user training thing came up in my in my uh, uh, 2022 New Year's resolutions for CISOs. Um, you know, it was, <laughs> it was something about there was something in there about ensuring that people have some um, information security training, awareness training. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it, is, um, it is critical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I take and, and, I, and, go on. And and by the way, there's ways that you can you can create this and gamify it. Yeah, so, yeah. So one thing we do at Simulate is we, we cover the full kill chain, you know, from from beginning to end of an attack. And what we do a lot differently than, than other companies in our field is we start with phishing campaigns. Mm-hmm. And we found that a lot of our customers turn it into a positive where they either use their, their messaging system like Slack, right, or MailerList and say, hey, look, I found a new phishing email. Way to go, Jim. Thanks so much. Or, hey, Kim, that was awesome, right? You know, so where they, they turn it into kind of gamification and, and way to go that you found this. Yeah. Um, on top of that, beyond the weakest link being the desktop, yeah. in 2022, there's two other things that I think that will come into play a lot more, and that is supply chain. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you think about it, there is no industry in this world today, John, that you don't have software as a service for some things, that you don't have vendors that do certain things, that your partners aren't tied into you, your customers aren't tied into you, your bank isn't tied into you. So that that supply chain aspect, I think, is is also the weakest link might be them as well. So the the ability to test in your environment for your third parties is going to be really important. And, And then finally, 
uh, with with the pandemic, we've totally thoroughly changed how we work. Yeah, I, I know we're going to go back to hybrid. I can't wait to go back to hybrid. We were just talking about yeah. in in the green room before this about how I have to come back to London. I miss London so much. <laughs> You, you can't get good Indian food in the U.S., by the way. You can't get good Indian food in the U.S. I love the London Indian food scene. Anyway, um, the key is the Phantom apps, right? Now that we're, most of us are working in a hybrid environment, working from home, uh, and because there's so many, uh, I would say, disruptive apps that are awesome, like uh, Discord, which used to be a gaming server communication, which now is used by all sorts of companies, Slack, and all sorts of third-party apps that people put on their machines. You're not just talking about phantom IT being servers spun up or VPCs spun up by departments that the main IT doesn't know. You're talking about phantom apps. I think yeah. that uh, when you look at 2022, that'll be issue too. I, it's, I think it's been a long, long-standing issue. It used to be called shadow yes. IT, didn't it? And um, yeah, uh, but but yes, I think I, th- I think I agree with that. And um, uh, yeah. Um, and you you mentioned about instant response and as as being part of the testing um, cycle and and I, I think absolutely that that's a super important aspect. It's 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 okay to test, you know, offensively test using a red team or purple or um, breach attack simulation tool or whatever. It's it's one thing to test the technical controls, um, but what happens afterwards <clears throat> in that instant response piece involving people. And communications and making sure that you know you contact the right people the affected people right. um, notify the right agencies if if needs be you know in 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 most cases um, companies are legally obliged to um, notify under some kind of data protection law making sure that you understand when and what the triggers are for those things super super important because they are yeah. there are some really hefty fines for not doing that properly um, and you know, there's there's certainly uh, um, a dozen or so cases in the UK under GDPR UK where you, you know you could probably say this organisation has been fined for not notifying that they were breached. Um, right. And you know, so so it's it's super important to do that. It's not just it's 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 not just that sort of isolated technical control piece. It's end to end, and it's ensuring that your your controls do the protect, detect, respond piece properly, so that you you surface the event into um, into that IR um, process. And you know, exactly. having it having it well documented, how that looks um, is 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 very very important, and it needs to be tested because things break. Yes. You know, when whenever there's a person involved or a process involved. You've got to test these things because, you know, things change, people change, processes change, or they need to change um, to adapt. And so this continual uh, testing thing is super, super important. Um, and, and, you know, it's 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 just that feed through from the technical through to the IR piece that I wanted to highlight as being um, very important. Um, so Indeed. And yes. one thing we, we talked about backup, but but actually testing your ability to recover um yes what what good is it to have uh immutable backups if actually they don't work um right <laughs> so you, or they, or you're no further a, down the line month, are you? <laughs> yeah or they take a month to recover yeah exactly Maybe, yeah, i think yeah the biggest thing is, is what people have found is is two things is, is oh the backups aren't aren't complete yeah so we've lost things and then they get into a differential but what what have you lost and then the second thing is is duration how long does it take to backup i mean to recover right yeah. Uh, and so that's why testing is critical. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I'm, I'm from Simulate and we do, you know, extended security posture management, which is offensive testing. 
The other thing here is, is often when we look at, at especially in, in um, 2021, but it was also true in 2020, was the fact of how quickly new attack techniques, uh, tactics, and procedures came out, mm-hmm. uh, new indicators of compromise. Having a solution that allows you to test that incorporates all these new things, IOCs and TTPs, you know, within near real time where the vendor updates it for you. So you just get just continuously test is critical. Mm. Right. Yeah. And also when you look at that testing, you know, the idea of being able to come up you know, with a solution that has prescriptive output, like you said, who's involved, well, not just the red teamers and the purple teamers and, and the cybersecurity staff. It's a crew that has to say, Hey, listen, sock, Here's what we found. EDR needs to be better tuned. Here's how you do it. Hey, looking at Active Directory, we were able to add a new admin user. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't be able to do that. No. Call the AD team and tell them to do this. Right. Yeah. And so the idea of, of one of the key recipe or principal ingredients to making it continuous, continuous in an easy fashion is having that prescriptive output, is having the updated you know, actionable intelligence mm. in the way that you test. Yeah, yeah. And I think also really, really important to involve all of the senior stakeholders. You know, when there is yes. an incident, in that incident response testing, you know, if yeah. if, if you don't have the, pr- the right escalation procedures in place, um, you know, that's that's a problem because your your IR process is going to halt uh, really at a critical right. point, right? And uh, you right. Know, no organization should have that. So So making sure that, you know, it's not just about writing a process that that keeps it in the sock. It's got to be able to go and grow from the sock into the business. You know, at the right level, right. so that there's the the correct um, you know hierarchical escalation in into the organisation to to create that awareness to ensure that the you know the broader communications or recovery plans kick into action. Um, otherwise, otherwise, the business will will just stop. Um, so, yeah. so you know, it's. Um, I think it's yeah, it's, it's fascinating subject, and um, I think it's uh, it's one that I'm sure we could both spend uh, a good deal of time talking about. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like uh, uh, the next pod- podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I I would also also caveat uh, you talked about bringing in the business and stuff like that. And again, this, this survey shows that right mm. when you bring in the business and the boardroom you get results, right? Because yeah. it, it relates to the business. I'd argue one of the things that some of the surprises my customers talk about testing against ransomware is when they test the incident response plan and bring in the business leaders, my favorite story. And, and I think, again, you and I have been in this business a long time is, you know, when you're in cybersecurity, you start very technical. Mm. Then you realize you need several other languages that you need to speak to be successful. Yeah. And what most people tell me is when they run attack simulations and, and do full, full on incident response planning, uh, practice. The biggest thing that they learn is when they approach the business people is how to talk to them, right? Give them the risk, right? There's this vulnerability. It's being exploited in the wild and we are at this much risk. It means this to the business. It means this dollar value loss, right? The, the executive doesn't need to know that it was a, a buffer overflow. Uh, and a CVSS uh, score of nine plus with RCE capability, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, is, is my native language. Oh yeah, right? it's uh, your uh, native language. You're talking about log4j, right? 
Real law for Jay. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is not how the business people talk, right? And the business people want to know, what's the impact of my business? What if we don't do anything? What if we do something? What is a reduction in risk? You know, what is the monetary value? And, and that's kind of important. So that, that's, a, that's the aspect of, you know, how to talk to these people. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Well, thank you both for your invaluable contributions on how to survive ransomware in 2022. If you're looking to optimize your security posture and prepare for ransomware, then contact Secrotony for more information on how to inquire, simulate free ransomware audits.